Villas Grace Church. Building relationships that make followers of Jesus. Know, grow, go. To know Him, to grow in Him, to go with Him. Wow. Another round of applause for Mike and Zara. Thank you so much. Allow us to begin in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning singing songs, worshiping your name, giving in worship, and now we turn to the proclamation of your word. I pray that we can be a church that is all about bringing you honor and glory due to your holiness. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We're in our series, Testing Our Assurance. Because let's face it, some of us sometimes often wonder, am I really saved? I mean, I've been coming to church for a long time. I, I actually grew up in the church, or maybe I started coming to church later on, but I don't quite feel the way I did when I first gave my life to Christ. Am I really, truly saved? Allow this whole entire series as we go through the book of 1 John to be a test. For you to test your faith, to be assured of your salvation. Whatever you learn as we continue, whatever the Holy Spirit places on your heart, please allow this to be an opportunity that you can be assured of your eternal security. Speaking of security, sometimes when the power goes out, we feel a little less secure, don't we? Let's face it. What do, what, what do we do? When the power goes out, what is one of the first things that we do, especially if we know that the power is going to be going out for an extended period of time? The first thing we do is light candles, correct? In preparation for Hurricane Irma here in southwest Florida, we bought candles, we bought batteries, we made sure that our flashlights were ready to go. But what's the second thing that we usually do after the power goes out? After we get the candles all together, after we get the flashlights all prepped and ready to go, what's the second thing that we do? The second thing that we do is forget that the power actually went out. We go room to room flipping switches that do absolutely nothing. And then you re you're reminded that, no, the power is not on, and you flip the switch anyway. See, we light candles or we pack those batteries and the flashlights because we want to see where it is that we're going. We want to see what it is that we're actually doing. We want things to be illuminated. And this brings us to the title of our sermon this morning. The illuminated path. We're going to be in the text of 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. Last week, we learned that when we proclaim our association with God the Father, His Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, our joy is made complete. We realize that our joy is made complete because of what it is that we're actually proclaiming. We're proclaiming our combination, our connection to the Holy Trinity. We're proclaiming something. What is it that we're actually proclaiming beyond our connection to the Trinity? 
We're proclaiming that forgiveness is only achieved through Jesus Christ. Today, we're going to learn how to walk along the illuminated path of constant, continual forgiveness. We're going to learn, we're going to see how we can walk along the illuminated path of constant, continual forgiveness. We'll begin to observe where John is calling out the false teachers of not only his day, but of our day as well. Church, please know that there are those out there who are going to try to tell you that sin does not exist There are those out there who will tell you, I don't sin, I just make mistakes. And they actually have churches that believe this doctrine. This is not true. There are those who basically flat out deny the reality of sinfulness. Let's look at these first three verses this morning, verses 5, 6, and 7 in 1 John, and we'll find out exactly why it is we're supposed to be walking along the illuminated path. 1 John chapter 1, verses 5, 6, and 7. This is the message that we have heard from him and proclaimed to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Amen. When we look at these three verses this morning, we want to go ahead and put them into one sentence, and that one sentence is this. Since our God is light... We must walk along the illuminated path of forgiveness daily. Since our God is light, we must walk along the illuminated path of forgiveness daily. Now let's ask a question. The question we're asking this morning is this. What happens when we walk in the light daily? What happens when we walk in the light daily? Quite simply, this is what happens. The pursuit of truth and holiness becomes a habit. The pursuit of truth and holiness becomes a habit. And there's a key word in there. Pursuit. We are continually pursuing truth and holiness. It isn't that we're all completed. It isn't that we all have it figured out and we've arrived at the end. No. We're continuing to learn how to pursue truth and holiness. And we want to make this a habit daily. There's this tale of a combat helicopter pilot in Vietnam. Southeast Asia, the dead of night. He was sent on a very dangerous mission to pick up some special ops troops that were deep in the jungle. Pitch black. In fact, it was so dark this night that they said that you could cut the darkness with a knife. When he arrived at the location of where he was to pick up these troops, he radioed down to the commanding officer and asked him, what do you got for me? See, the problem was the commanding officer didn't even have a flashlight. He had nothing. But then he remembered he did have something. 
What he had was a lone Zippo lighter. So he radioed back up to the pilot and said, I have a Zippo lighter. The problem was this landing became even more dangerous. Five feet either way could have killed the whole crew. It was like landing on a postage stamp, the pilot said. But that Zippo, that lighter, in the darkness of the jungle got the job done. The pilot was able to safely rescue these special op soldiers in this jungle, the thick, dark jungle of Southeast Asia. But think about that. One little Zippo. Did you know that a candle at night, one candle flame at night can be seen from up to 30 miles away? One candle, 30 miles out. Let's take a look at verse 5 again. John writes, this is the message that we have heard from him and proclaimed to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Who is him? Who is him? Do you see where John is saying this is the message we have heard from him? So who is he? Who is the him that John is talking about? He's heard this message from God through Jesus himself. What two things has John heard? First, he's heard that God is truth. And we know this because it says God is light. Light meaning truth. Secondly, we recognize that in him is no darkness at all. Remember that Zippo lighter that pierced the darkness. How about a candle's flame that can be seen from up to 30 miles away? Do you know what else John says about Jesus being in the light in the Gospel of John? See, right now we're in 1 John, but John said something else when he wrote the Gospel of John about Jesus being light. And this is what he wrote. He said this, in, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So if a small flame from a Zippo can land a helicopter, if a candle's flame can be seen from 30 miles away, how well do you think Jesus can illuminate your path? So, how do we walk in the light? How is it that we do this? How do we allow Jesus to illuminate our path? It's very simple, but it takes a lot of honesty. In order to allow Jesus to illuminate your path, you must recognize and admit your sin. We should be getting to know our sin better each and every day. Last week, John said that he was writing these things so that our joy could be made full or that our joy could be made complete. Church, our peace, love, faith, hope, and joy come from us knowing our sinfulness. Why is this true? See, this is true because our sin always reminds us of our need for Jesus. Never stop learning how much you need Him. Let Him be the light that exposes the pain and sadness associated with your sinfulness. Let Him be the light that leads on the path towards 
forgiveness. Let him be the path that leads to pain, that really leads to peace, that leads to love, that leads to faith, that leads to hope, that leads to our joy being made complete. Which is precisely why we're saying this this morning. We're saying that since our God is light, we must walk along the illuminated path of forgiveness daily. Since our God is light, we must walk along the illuminated path of forgiveness daily. It's why we're asking this question this morning. What happens when we walk in the light daily? The pursuit of truth and holiness becomes a habit. Do you know why we age? Do you know, you ever thought about why we actually age? Why we're actually getting older? See, we're getting older because of sin. It's that simple. Do you know why I shave my head? Have you ever sat there and thought to yourself, I wonder why Pastor Matt shaves his head? Come on, you've thought that before. <laughs> so you can see better the reflection off the stage lights. I shave my head because of sin. Do you know why women color their hair? Oh, yes, we know why you women color your hair. Now, I can get away with saying this because I'm a licensed cosmetologist. I've colored women's hair before. Do you know why women color their hair? Because of sin. Do you know why people bleach their teeth? They get stained. Here, you guys thought it was because of sin, right? Do you know what shaving your head, coloring your hair, and bleaching your teeth have in common? See, they all have something in common. The common denominator between me shaving my head and you ladies coloring your hair and people wanting to have their teeth bleached, teeth bleached, the common denominator is it has to be repeated. It's continual. Why? Because of sin. Just like your teeth get stained, just like you bleach the stains out, then over time they become stained again just to be bleached out again. The process is cyclical for the rest of your natural life here on earth. Do you know what else is cyclical? Do you know what else is a process that keeps happening over and over and over again? Jesus constantly cleansing us from our sins. Being saved by Jesus is one lone act of forgiveness, right? Being saved by him is one lone act of forgiveness. However, learning to become like Jesus daily is a lifelong journey. This is why we pursue truth and holiness daily in order to make it a habit. Verses 6 and 7. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. See, remember last week we discussed proclaiming our association. Remember our association is with God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
We're combined, we're connected to the Holy Trinity as believers in what Jesus has done on the cross for us. Do you know what the Holy Spirit's role is in the believer's life? He has a very specific role in the believer's life. First, he reminds us that Jesus is Lord. Have you ever taken two steps towards Jesus just to take three steps back? We've all been there. We tell ourselves, I'm going to pursue Christ. And then all of a sudden, we start reading our Bibles more. We start watching what we say more. We, we maybe don't gossip like we, we were gossiping. We start keeping ourselves in check. We take these steps forward. And then, boom, out of nowhere, we realized, I just took like more steps back than what I actually took forward. Do you know how we know that we regressed back? That we actually took steps back? We know that we took steps back because of the Holy Spirit's role in our lives. See, and unfortunately, like we said at the beginning, some of us still question when these things happen, am I really saved? I mean, I want to pursue Christ, but I just seem to take more steps away from Him than towards Him. Because every time I do take steps towards Him, I find myself going in the other direction. Am I really even saved? Remember, the overarching theme of our whole series is testing our assurance. See, this isn't a mental exercise to follow Jesus. We don't just know Jesus as our Lord mentally. We don't just verbalize His Lordship for the auditory purposes. We know, speak, and live Him from our heart which is where the Holy Spirit is. He reminds us of where we walk. He reminds us when we're not walking in the illuminated path that leads to forgiveness. Remember, this is the second way in which we can test the assurance of our salvation. So, how do you know that your salvation is secure? How is it that you can be assured that your eternal salvation is signed, sealed, and delivered, guaranteed? Well, if you felt saddened, shameful, and guilty about your sin, there's a pretty good chance I would say you're saved. How do you know that your salvation is secure? The Holy Spirit in your heart. He is reminding you that there is no shame. There is no sadness. There is no more guilt. Why? Because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. The Holy Spirit is saying what it says right here. Walk in the light as He is in the light. So let's pause a moment and ask this question. What's really being said here? What is it that's really being said? What is John really getting at? What John's really saying here is this. As authentic, genuinely saved Christians, we do not deny our sin. The assurance of salvation isn't secured because you take a reflection upon yourself and say, you know what, I haven't really sinned lately, so I must be saved. No. 
You can be assured of your salvation because when you allow the Holy Spirit to convict you for not walking on the path, you can realize, I am sinning right now and I need Jesus. As authentic, genuinely saved Christians, we do not downplay our sinfulness. Why? We don't want to deny Jesus as God upon the cross, do we? We don't want to downplay his power to save us from destruction. That's what we've been saved from. We've been saved from destruction. Jesus was crushed by God the Father. God exhausted his wrath. Think of that word exhausted. There was no more wrath left. Jesus took it all. Why? for our past sin, for our current sin, and for our sin to come. So that's what we live out. That's what we walk out. That's why we walk in the light. That's why last week I can say with confidence to all of you, as your pastor, forgive me, I will sin against you. It's not about not sinning. It's about what we do when our sinfulness has been brought to our attention. Do we recognize and realize how much we need Jesus? How there's no shame, guilt, sadness anymore because of what he did upon the cross? That's a powerful way to share the good news of salvation. That's a powerful way for others to see that attitude in you and then say, I want to learn more about this Jesus. That's what kind of church we want to be. That's why we're pushing life groups If we don't have life groups, we can't live this out. A few Sundays ago, I I said we're in trouble. We do Sunday morning pretty good. We're getting better. We've proven that we can put on a Sunday morning. But where's that going to get us? We want to be living this out. We want to be a relational church. So much so that people that we have relationships with want to come to know Jesus because they see the work that he's doing in our lives. Why? Because we're walking on the illuminated path. Because we know there's no shame in asking forgiveness for our sin. There's no sadness and there is no guilt. This is not about sinning. It's about putting yourself in a position to having your sin exposed. Just like I shave my head, just like women color their hair, just like continually having your teeth whitened, are you listening to the Holy Spirit say, walk in the light? Are you listening to the Holy Spirit say, walk in the light and learn from your sinfulness? Are you hearing him say that to you? And I did say him. The Holy Spirit is not an it The Holy Spirit is a person, him. Do you hear him saying that to you? Are you listening to the Holy Spirit say, keep learning how to follow Jesus? After all, why would we want to even listen to his rhetoric? I think quite simply because it says this right here. The blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. That's why we want to listen to his rhetoric. Not just past sin, not just current sin, not just future sin, but from all sin.
Do you know what Jesus has already done in you? Do you know that Jesus has already done a work in you? Do you know that he is currently working on you? So he's done a work in you. He's currently working on you. And do you trust that he will continue with this into the future? If you do, if you realize that, like, I came to a saving faith in Jesus, but I know that I'm still a mess. I'm still learning to allow him to cleanse me from all my sinfulness. Don't take that as, I think my salvation's in jeopardy. We take that with confidence saying, no, my salvation is guaranteed. Because I know this one simple test that I can ask myself, do I realize how much I need Christ more and more each day? If the answer is yes, then you can be assured of your salvation. And then the Lord can use you to share that truth with others. Be assured that your salvation is secure. We're in the book of 1 John, but I want to show you something that John wrote in his gospel. This is John chapter 10, verses 27 through 30. John wrote this, and this is Jesus speaking. These are Jesus' words. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. No one, no one can snatch you out of the Father's hand. Not even the devil himself. But he can lie and trick you into thinking, manipulate you to thinking and questioning your salvation. And if you're questioning your salvation, what good are you as a witness what good are you as a witness to what Jesus has done? He knows that. Be assured of your salvation, especially if you realize how sinful you truly are and how much you need Jesus. And this is why, with confidence, we can say this this morning. This is why we're saying, since our God is light, we must walk along the illuminated path of forgiveness daily. That's what it is to be a Christian. It's to live from forgiveness. We don't live for the grace of God. We live from the grace that the Lord has given us, this gift. Same thing with forgiveness. We live out of forgiveness. That's walking on the illuminated path. And it's why we ask this question this morning. What happens when we walk in the light daily? The pursuit of truth and holiness becomes a habit. And that habit is to realize how much you know that you need Jesus. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for our Villa's Grace family. I want to thank you for the work I see you doing here. I pray that you can continue to work in us so we can share this message of forgiveness with those that you have placed before us, not only have placed, our place and in, in that you will place, Lord. Mature us as believers so we can go forward with this message of what it means to walk in the light as you are light. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. 
For more information, look us up on our website, www.villasgrace.com, or drop us a line via email, connect at villasgrace.com.